people that we're going to listen to today are really good friends of mine. I love these guys. And we have been on the discipleship journey since really the early days of Praxis and, and when we first started the journey and trying to figure out how to do this. And we've been on the journey together. Good friends, Ron and Paula Turner. And uh, first met uh, particularly Ron when we were at a, um, uh, a church planting conference and we were both fish out of the water. And suddenly we connected and we discovered common heart and common passion and common language that really has um, served us well. They serve as elders in our movement, they coach, they mentor, they encourage, they have a lot of wisdom and I know you're going to be blessed as we listen to Ron Paula Turner today. Welcome guys to the podcast. Thanks Dave, it's good to be here. Yeah, thanks Dave, it's great. Um, as you said, we're... Um We've been on this journey for quite a while with you guys in Praxis, and uh, it's been a great to be part of a tribe that we can identify with that has a commonality of purpose and vision. And so our vision is really for Queensland to see a, a disciple-making movement flourish and saturate Queensland and see churches as a result of that. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, just wonder if you'd just bring us into a story of something that's happening into your world, and what, what does that look like? Yeah, I've got a um, I've got a story about uh, Nikki, who I met in my workplace. Uh, Nikki is a Singaporean, and she came in to volunteer at a place where I I also volunteer and work at the same time. And Nikki was full of life and just full of stories of God. And one day, what caught my attention about Nikki was one day. I saw her in the kitchen of our workplace sharing a God story with some of the staff who don't know Jesus. And and that just encouraged my heart that here's this woman willing and ready just to share what God's doing in her life. And she was just looking for some response. And um, so after that, after seeing Nikki in that space, I went, this is a lady that I need to connect with. There's something different about her. She's obviously got a hunger for God and a hunger to share, which sometimes is quite rare in the settings where we are because we are in Queensland. And uh, and sometimes where we are, there's, there's a vastness of communities and a vastness of space. And to find people that speak the same language and have the same vision can be a bit difficult. So finding Nikki was like finding a piece of gold or finding a pearl. And so we got together a couple of weeks um, after that, Nikki and I, in a bus, and she just started sharing something and I uh, about God. And I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. And that just using those words rather than saying I'm a Christian was something that caught her attention. She's going, why would you not say you're a Christian? And that sparked a conversation. And I said, would you like to come over one day and sit with us and read the Bible? I knew at that point she was not going anywhere, fellowshipping in any church. And um, and she jumped at the chance and said, yeah, I'd love to. So she came over and that started a really good um, journey with both Ron and I and Nikki. And from the first time she came, she sat down in our lounge room and she just told us story after story after story of how she was engaging in our, just with people that she came across every day as she would go walking or just doing life and the little gems that she would share to them about, about Jesus. And we're going, this woman just loves God and has a passion. So we thought, 
we'd invest in her and she uh we said to her would you like to come and just read the bible and so from the very first time that she did that you could just see god was uh just giving her a freshness in her journey with him and we shared about the great commission and and uh, because that was the cornerstone for us the great commission was something that was really uh, resonating in our heart and where we work from that's the vision that god set for us and we work out of that place and um and we were just sharing with her uh the importance of going out and sharing and making disciples and and um from the end of that very first encounter with her, we, um, what came out of that was um, one of the principles came out of that was to actually commission her and say, you know, you can do this. God has called you. He didn't just call the 12. He's called all of us to go and do this same thing. That's not something that's just set apart for them. And and she's going, really, I can do this? And we're going, yes, you can. And we give you permission. And in fact, we want to pray for you and commission you to go into your networks that you already have. You don't have to find new ones. You just go where you already are and do, and just keep sharing these stories and see who's who's hungry to hear more about God. And um, so she did that. And um, and that was the that was a really good moment for her, a real penny dropping principle that we can all do this. We don't need to have great um, knowledge of the Bible or be trained in some way. It's just telling our story. And so she came back the very next day, and um, and she shared her story with somebody. And again on the road, and she just needed to share it because she'd found this commonality that she could actually share her God stories with us and we would encourage her. And so we said to her, that is a great story. But when you're going out and you're having these conversations, one of the things you can do is be praying as you go, prayer walk as you go, and the Holy Spirit will come and and illuminate these people that you can have conversations with. And we said, pray for, for ground, pray for fertile ground. Mm-hmm. And that that just resonated with her. So she went out and prayed. The, again, the next day, she went out and prayed. And she found three of her friends, or two actually, she found two of her friends that she had been having these conversations with often as she'd meet on her walk. And they too were, were of Asian background. And she in. She had a conversation with them, and, and in that moment, and said, "Hey, would you guys like to come read the Bible with me?" Mm. And they said, "Yes, we'd love to." Mm. And one of the women said, "Can I bring my my husband along?" She said, "Absolutely." So, yeah. So within two weeks, this little group had formed. But her initial response to us, she came back and said, "I've got three people. Can we come and meet with you?" We said, "Oh, woo up. That's not going to happen." And she goes, why? We said, you need to start, to start this group in your network with you. Don't invite us in because straight away we've got too many barriers that we would have to overcome. It needs to be you doing this with them. And she listened to that and resonated with that. And so they agreed to meet in her house and... Um, and we said, what we'll do is we'll coach you. So as we were doing DBSs, uh, well, uh, let me just tell you what DBS is. As we were doing discovery, reading the Bible, seeing what's God saying to us and how we obey it, um, what, what can we do to make that a part of our life? Um, Nikki was sharing this space with us. So we would, we would do a scripture and we'd say, now you go and do this scripture with these guys. 
And then when she had done that, she'd come back to us and we would coach her and we'd say, okay, tell us what it looked like. What were the struggles? You know, how, how was the conversation in the room? You know, did they grab onto anything? And that was a part of the process every week as she met with these guys is that we would do something with her, then she would, and we'd model it to her, help her get her head around it. And then she would just go on and do it with these guys. And, um, and that was a that was a really good learning space for her, and I think one of the the good principles that came out of it for for her was the fact that she was she very much had come from a, a an environment where it was always teaching was the thing that you did with people rather than helping people to discover, and so she was growing in in this by the end of this journey, she was really growing in this, learning how to just bring draw people into the conversation yes. rather than teach them. Mm. And that was a good experience. Man, that's such a great story, Paula. And that really kind of speaks into the role of the disciple maker. You know, what, what's, the, what's the role of somebody as they're looking at different individuals? You, you identified someone who was sharing and had a passion for God. They were spiritual people. But then you were able to, like, you know, like Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth, they they found Apollos. He was he was doing it, yeah. but he was doing it all the wrong way, and so they drew him aside and explained him the way, yeah. but also empowered him, and then he sent out. And so the disciple maker identifies people, and then they um they actually um uh, encourage them back into their relational networks. Yeah. What's so amazing about this story is we can pour into people, yeah. and they don't do it. That's right. That you can sit there for you know a month or two months, and and they they'll still coming coming back to learn a, an idea, but they haven't shared with anyone. Yeah. They actually haven't gone out and gathered. But here's Nikki, yeah. within within straight away within the next day, yeah. she's sharing, yeah. and within two weeks you've got a group running. And she and it's not you, no. you're empowering her yeah. to run. And I think the other principle I'm really picking up there is the relational networks. Yeah. You've got uh, a Singaporean, Asian, mm-hmm. reaching Asians, yeah. um, and uh, you're, you're kind of staying out of the way. Yeah, completely out of the <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> but you're empowering the inside leader and yeah. training and coaching. Yeah. But let's, let's just draw out the, the coaching idea because um, the disciple maker coaches the inside leader That's and they, they help them do the task. I mean, it's so, so different to what we're used to in quote-unquote ministry circles where we share the word, we, we do the preaching, we do everything. This is all about empowering others yeah. to help others discover and not do preaching and teaching. Yeah. The concepts that you have to teach uh, create so many barriers because people say, I can't do that, I'm not smart enough, I don't know enough of the Bible. But discovery and your coaching, tell us a bit of it more about the idea of coaching what does that look like when you're coaching an inside leader yeah so with um it's it's similar in all circumstances i think but the main things in coaching um the insider was just simply empowering her first of all that she wasn't doing this in her own strength that that the holy spirit was the one that was guiding and leading her and that she was part of a bigger picture, part of a team, and that we weren't sending her out alone to do this, that we had her back all the time, and that if things did not work out, that's okay. It's, it's about going out and having a go. 
things don't always work out, but it's about having a going, having that sense of purpose and direction. And so with the coaching, uh, we would model to her. Now, we'd come together, we'd share what we were doing. So we would share what God was doing with us in our circles um, about who we were praying with, um, who we were sharing stories with. So it wasn't just her sharing her story with us. We were all on equal level. And we were sharing stories with her and we were talking about the triumphs and also the hardships that we were facing. So we were very real in that space. Um, and we went slowly with her in coaching. It's not something that you can just go, oh, we need to get, go through A, B, C, D really quickly. In coaching, we, what we found over time is you've got to let them absorb one thing at a time. And for her, um, it was very much about absorbing prayer, about absorbing the fact that God has sent her, God had commissioned her, and to let that whole thing resonate in her life, that she would embrace that and go, you know, God's got me, God's got this, and and this is his purpose and plan for my life. So, uh, so we had conversations with her all the time about her spiritual conversations and what that looked like. Um, we'd we would um, try and work through scriptures that we thought were really good for her and her situation that would pass on to the group. So we wouldn't just let her go, oh, let's just go pick something at random. So we were trying to coach her in that sense to pick some scriptures that were quite relevant to the people that she was meeting and something that also that would meet her needs where she was at um, as this new disciple maker that we had found and come across and um, yeah, and te- teaching her the, about the relational networks and how to actually have those spiritual conversations with people. She she probably was far better at spiritual conversations than we are, mm-hmm. and that's perfectly okay because she just seemed to naturally do this in her life. And um, and so just just helping her to get language right, she, you know. So she wasn't so she was speaking a language that people who hadn't ever encountered Jesus would understand and so that was that was a really good process with her in coaching that in just coaching her to um, get the groups together to to facilitate the groups and to sit back and listen a lot not to talk too much that was really an important thing uh, principle for her to learn don't do all the talking don't be the first one to share let people share what they get and let it sit even if there's a bit of silence don't rush in to fill gaps and just let just hear what people are really saying because that is going to allow you then to see well what is the holy spirit really honing in for them to hear the gospel in what's the soft spot for them to hear this gospel yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the context? Was it was it that you were having formalized meetings and appointments, and um, and uh, you know you set up an appointment, and she had to book in an appointment with you as a coach? What did it look like? Yeah. So she, um, we organized with her to to meet. She was really happy to do this. So we said, why don't you come over, have some food with us? We'll sit in the lounge room, and we'll just chat about what it looks like. And and that will include, you know, reading some scripture ourselves. That was a very informal environment, but one that she was really happy to embrace. And um, and yeah, and then we would just talk about the things that uh, 
were necessary for disciple making out of that space. Yeah, I really, really like that. I really like the fact that it was in your home, it was around food, it was relational, and it was far more than just giving her some training of some principles. It was kind of uh, you were you were in relationship, mm-hmm. and she became, I'm presuming, a friend. Yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. still is. And you just um, uh, you you mentioned a lot about the beginning stages of modelling and peer based um, ideas. So you're kind of um, you're not telling her to do stuff. You're kind of uh, living life with her. She's yeah. peering in. She's looking at you, but you also made it really accessible, teaching her to how to pray, teaching her to follow relational networks, teaching her which scriptures to start. So the high degree of intentionality, but the context is highly uh, relational and modeling. And um, man, that's that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And, and releasing her with the vision, you know. The, the vision for something far bigger than she can do. And often we... Often we want to re, um, put restraints on a, on a vision thing. Oh, I can only cope with this much. But when you give a bigger vision, it allows the Holy Spirit to... He does something when we grasp a bigger vision beyond ourselves and what we're capable of. And, um, and so that aspect of just sitting in that space, giving the bigger vision, because we would talk about our vision for Queensland and you go, but how do you guys do that? How, how do you do a Queensland when you live here? And so, you know, just giving her that scope that she could talk back to her Singaporean families back home um, and other friends around, you know, just capturing that vision that all her family and her network is part of where God has her at the moment. And that was a good place. That's awesome. I reckon that's one of the real roles of of the coach or, or catalyzer is to, I call it, unleash possibilities to help people take off the restraints that have been placed on them and to think big and to think, not to think big in a grandiose, self-elevating self, self uh, elevating way, mm-hmm. but to think big in the sense of possibilities or how God might use them. And that's really exciting, really exciting. Um, yeah. We're excited about this journey. We don't know where it's going to go, but full confidence that, uh, yeah, that there's going to be a bigger, a bigger thing happening here. Awesome. Yeah. I think I think also with Nikki is that uh, having come from a, a Buddhist background and then coming into a Christian background and then moving to Australia and then still being involved in church, um, coming to our our group um, and just doing church with us, like she now says, "Oh, this is my church." Yeah, and that's a, for me. That's a good insight for her that she actually can understand that church is simple. It's easily reproducible and anyone can be involved. And so she, when we get together, she facilitates now as well. So we let her facilitate. We don't do all the facilitating. We say, it's your turn, Nikki, you go for it. But it's getting to the point now where when we turn up, it just naturally happens. So she might ask a question or we might ask a question. We just flow off one another through the discovery process. And it just happens naturally. It's not, it's not hard work at all. Mm. It's not unnatural. That's fantastic. Ron, just draw that a little bit. Out for us, you're saying church. So I presume you have a building. You meet on a Sunday morning. <laughs> you, you, you. She's coming to this church, and after the worship, sometime songs that she's 
then asking the questions. Is that is that kind of what it looks like for you well, guys? Definitely, Dave. <laughs> definitely. Actually, she comes to our house. We sit out the front and have a look at flowers for a while and appreciate God's creation. So there's a bit of worship going on. And then we have food and we have a bit of fellowship. And yes, no, it's totally different to what most people would see church as. But it's actually, it's the New Testament church principles in action in our context. Um, it's not some weird thing. It's actually contextual, um, natural, but intentional. As you said earlier, this is wholly intentional, but, but relaxed. It's done around relationships. It's not programmed. It's not forced. It's done around relationship. It's going with the rhythm of that relationship as well is important. Yeah. Understanding what the rhythm is. Because sometimes there'll be challenges for us that we need to stop and just pray for, and that may take more time than anything else. And we're okay with that. We don't have to... We don't have to have 10 minutes for each segment of stuff. It's like, okay, this is a real issue, so let's stop and do this, and then we can move on. And, um, and that's, work, that's working well. But that's church. That's life on life. She's a widow. Uh, I'm not sure. No, sorry, I shouldn't say she's a widow. She's, I'm, not, I'm not sure she's single mm. by herself. And, um, yeah, and she's, she, uh, she couldn't get anyone to mow a lawn. And I said, yeah, I'll come mow a lawn. So I mow her lawn every two weeks and mm. look after her weeds and stuff like that and she's appreciative of that and she she brings me donuts <laughs> you meet her deepest needs she meets your deepest needs exactly. <laughs> one is mowing lawns the other one's donuts exactly <laughs> but it's just life on life that's the whole yeah, thing is it's yeah. life on life serving one another and uh, encouraging one another so it's mutual yeah. it's not hierarchical it's mutual that's everybody awesome. gets to play yeah. everybody's involved yeah. yeah yeah fantastic and i'm hearing I'm hearing food, I'm hearing fellowship, but I'm also hearing prayer, yep. word, and mission, and uh, throbbing through that group. In, but it's it's it looks like it's grounded yep. in in the context of home. It's not some foreign place you go mm. to. Yeah, much more That's natural. Great. That's an amazing story about Nikki. Ron, uh, throwing to you now, mate. What what's uh, your story, and what do you want to share with us? Yeah, so a few years ago, as because Queensland is our mission field, we've been prayer walking around Queensland, probably prayed through 200 communities from the centre of Brisbane right out into outback areas and small little towns of 20 people. And one of these places we were going to um, was a very small little town and there was a connection there that someone had given us that, and we talked to them and they said, yeah, come and visit us. And so we're heading to this place, which is in, slightly in west of the middle of nowhere, really. And we went into this town and we rocked up and I made a phone call to the people that were on a property near the town and I said, uh, we're here, would you like to catch up? And they said, oh, no, we've had to go away. So we're in this little town in the middle of nowhere um, thinking, what's going to happen? What was interesting was the night before you had texted me, you were praying, there was a team praying for us, and you had texted me saying, oh, I think you'll find a person of peace in this town. Mm. I and, remember that prayer meeting, yes. Yes, and so we went into this town and we got that and we gone, oh, so that's not going to happen. So what do we do? So we went to the pub because the, the gathering point in that town was the pub. It had a pub, a general store, a few houses. That was it. And um, so we went into the pub and we sat down and we were uh, sitting there. It's probably maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon and the publican's there. And he says, so what brings you here? And I've gone, oh, well, actually, we're just praying through communities. We come here to just bless this community in prayer and um, we're followers of Jesus. And he looked at me with this like stunned look and said, I'm a follower of Jesus as well. And I looked at him going, really? The publican. The publican. <laughs> and my wife is too. We're wow. here to actually, we're actually here in this community to just 
we we want to see it thrive. We want to see the kingdom of God thrive. So this is amazing. And I said, this is amazing, <laughs> given what given what you'd said earlier in the text message. But you, you're not kind of downtown, um, big town, regional centre. Paint the picture for us. Where are you? Uh, this is a place called Yarraka. Mm. Now, this is like this is a town hugely devastated by uh, closures of government stuff, and a town of, it had reduced to a town of twenty people. Wow! And it was is this these people had a heart for this town. They'd actually lived there, moved away, and then come back and brought this pub because they wanted this town to actually... They had a heart for this town, so they were going to bring tourism in to make it thrive, but they actually wanted to bring the kingdom of God in as well. So we're sharing with them, and they start sharing their story. So when he said, I'm a follower, I said, well, tell me, how did, you, how did that happen? And he tells this story of um, what happened for him and how he became a follower, and then he says, oh, I'm going to get my wife. So he went and got his wife and brought her in. She tells her story, and I go, oh, this is really cool. And I said, well, one of the things we want to do is pray for this community. And he said, can we join you? Mm. And I've gone, you sure can. <laughs> you sure can. And so we went up uh, a little hill up on above the town, and we prayed for that community. And they were there praying their hearts out for this community. Wow. Wow. And um, we shared with them some ideas about how they could, you know, just intentionally work. Some of the principles we just shared earlier in the other stories, the same things we shared with them. And um, we asked them, you know, what can we do to help? And they just stayed in contact with us and they just started doing stuff in their pub. And they'd sometimes bring people in um, who were coming through and they'd just invite them in and they might share a story and then they'd have a discussion about that. But it was such a natural environment because it was a gathering point. And so we were there on a Thursday, Friday or Friday, Saturday, I can't remember, but one of the nights was the night where the pub went off. Mm. Everybody was there. The whole town was there. Wow. And we got introduced to the whole town just about because of this people of peace. Otherwise, we would have been sitting in our camper trailer out the back. In 50-degree heat. In 50-degree heat, not knowing anyone. Wow. But that was the person of peace. And so what amazingly happened there was it just... we. All we did was encourage him. It was a bit like going in, Peter finds Cornelius, and after a couple of days he leaves. And that's what we did. After a couple of days we leave. And then we've just corresponded by email ever since. Mm. That's amazing. because You know, it really strikes me in reading through the Gospels and some of these stories that we we know so well Mm. are in tiny communities Mm. where Jesus turns up in a a place of obscurity and he, he, he encounters someone. We're so familiar with the story, but if we looked at the context, it was like, why there, Lord? Why in the middle of nowhere? Why out in the town? And suddenly Jesus is turning up in, in some amazing places. And that's your mission field, really, is, is, is spread towns that are spread out. And um, what's the nearest town to that? Uh, how far in hours drive at 120 kilometres an hour? How long would it take you to get uh, to the next town? It would be at least a couple of hours to the next town, which would be a, probably a town of about 300 people. Right. So you're so, talking about two, 300 kilometres yeah, away. From these, pe- these people, if you're looking at Queensland and you think about distance from Brisbane to where they are, yeah. it'd be like going from probably uh, it's at least 2,000 1,500, 2,000 kilometres away. Wow, that's amazing. And, and it, is, it, is, it is an isolated little town in the middle of nowhere where you find a person who is so keen for their, and loves their community and they're followers of Jesus and they're keen to reach out. You go, that is a gift from God yeah. To, yeah. You know, to bless us. 
but to bless his kingdom in that way, in that community. So, Because it's farming, hard work, broken communities because of often government policies and all sorts of things that go on. Yeah. Making yeah. up droughts, yeah. famines. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Really, really struck me. You know, I was reading through um, Luke 15 where Jesus talks about the woman who lost the coin. Mm. And it's, uh, he says it's like this. He, who wouldn't do this? If you were that woman and you wouldn't go looking for that lost coin. And I really, really, it was like Jesus was saying to the Pharisees who were saying, why are you out there? Why are you mixing with these people? And he says, tells this parable to say, who would not do this? Because you don't realize the value of the one. You don't realize the value. So you would search hard, long, and you'd, you because this is something really valuable. And those people, people of peace, in the middle of nowhere, in these small communities, are incredibly valuable to God. And the value is that the value of one can multiply to many. That's right. You know, the value of that one person of peace can multiply to many. Whereas if we'd have gone in, we could have been there for 10, 15 days and had no impact the way we did within one day or within one afternoon. It was amazing. Traditional evangelism um, focuses on how do I reach every household? How do I go and door knock every place? How do I bring them all together and preach the gospel to everyone? Well, disciple making movements really focus on how do I find one in this community that will multiply? And that was seemed to be Jesus' pattern of finding one that would multiply. And uh, that's what he calls us to. Yeah. Find the one to reach the many. Yeah. That's the, that's the key thing. And I think for, for me, some of the principles I learned in that context was, one, that there was a team praying for us as we went out. Mm. Um, and that's important. Like, we were praying, but it was just Paul and I, but there was a team praying for us as we went out. And that was so valuable. Mm. You can't do this alone. You have to have team. Mm. The second thing I learned is that we need to be spiritually open. And the, he just asked us what we were doing. We're sitting in the pub. I was having a beer, Paul was having a Coke, whatever it was. And we just shared the, what we were doing. We were spiritually open. And it just drew him out straight away. Yeah. And we've done it lots of times with lots of people. And it's just drawn them out about where they might be. They may not be followers, but they actually draw out stuff. And if that doesn't draw out anything, that's okay. They're not the people that God's got ready yet. He may have them ready later, but not yet. So we, we learnt that. This, the third thing is don't take over and try and be the, the guru of all knowledge. Mm-hmm. Ask them what they loved about their community and try and implant vision into that. And that's what we tried to do with them. And then just model prayer was the starting point. So we just modeled prayer to them. And they went with you and they prayed for the community. They prayed, they came. So yeah. that to us was a great example. These people are actually people of peace because they actually wanted, they, they asked, can we come with you? And we said, absolutely. Yeah. And then they, we gave them the opportunity to pray for their community. We followed off what they were praying about. What's really uh, important to note is uh, you didn't invite them into a pastoral prayer or saying, what are your deepest needs and how can we go to a small room where nobody can see us and you're praying pastoral prayers. You went up on a mountain or, a, well, in those places, uh, somewhere, a hill. <laughs> a slight hill. <laughs> the flat, in the flat outback of Australia. Yeah. But you went over into a lookout yeah. and prayed for the community yeah. and you brought them into that mission heart right. and you just saw what poured out of their heart. And uh, that the invitation that Jesus had when he called his first disciples was into mission. 
and 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 so opposite to what we usually try and do is caring for the person mm. in front of us rather than inviting that person to mm. come on mission with us yeah. and seeing then what's in the heart. Yeah. Um, that's a key key thing to note. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And what's interesting in this scenario is that we didn't stay any more than another day because mm. we felt God say, keep moving. And we felt God say, I can work this. And we just swapped emails and phone numbers, and that's how we stayed in contact. Yeah. Um, we didn't feel like we had to stay there and do copious amounts of training because we felt we gave them enough, let them run with that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's what they did. So. Oh, fantastic. Ron and Paula, God has given us good people in our tribe, hasn't he? Absolutely, so many good people. So many, and you guys are part of that um, fellowship of workers who are pouring out their lives for the gospel. I'm deeply appreciative of you guys, and I love you deeply. And I want to thank you. I know everybody's listening to this on a podcast, but I want to thank you for being part of this tribe. And I just wonder if you've got a a word of encouragement or something that you'd like to share um, to those that are listening, either you're riding your bike or you're, you're going to work or you're, you're doing something, and what, what does God want to encourage you in today? I think there's three things I would say is that as a father, he loves us as a father first and foremost. And when you embrace the father's heart, um, you get called into the father's vision. And the father's vision is for you to be a light bearer, a witness or an ambassador for his kingdom. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to use the stories that God has given you as you've been faithful to him. They're the gems that will draw out other people. You don't need any more than that. And just be intentional to go. So go in the confidence of who you are. You're, you're the father. You're, you're king, your home is temporary here, but it's permanent in heaven. Understand how much confidence that should give you to be able to go out because it's not about people's opinions or how people respond. It's actually about being genuine with love, hope and faith towards those you come across. And just share the story that God's given you and just be obedient to that. And as you do, God will open up doors and things will happen and you'll be amazed because you'll see the work of God and faith will build out of that for yourself. So it's... it's it, God didn't intend for this to be hard in terms of being complicated that you need a lot of brains or you need a lot of energy. Um, the stories we've told are of people who you would have little energy at times. Some of them, Nikki's got some issues and these other couple had issues. We've got issues of health, but it doesn't stop us because it's the energy of God at work through us, it's not us. So be encouraged to just go out, be yourself under God, and just be open and intentional to share whatever God's given you, the seeds that God has given you. And as you do, things will happen. You'll be amazed.